Captain's Log, Episode 62. This week's episode of the Beer Avengers Podcast is sponsored by the Beer and Cheese Collective, located at 35-11 Dipmars Boulevard in Astoria, Queens. Make sure to stop by for their special Pride celebration on Friday, June 24th, complete with an LGBTQIA plus tap takeover, live music, a special backyard cinema event, and much more. Enjoy their eclectic array of craft beer, artisanal cheeses, and specialty grocery items at the Beer and Cheese Collective. New name, same great place. This week, Captain Huck and the Beer Wonder welcome Ryan Lefevre, beverage manager for the Beer and Cheese Collective and curator of every sponsored pour since we started sponsored pours in November of 2020. Learn how they went from sipping Labatt's Blue in upstate New York to managing the beverage selection at Dipmars Boulevard's finest craft beer marketplace. Also, we, and by we I mean Beer Wonder, come up with a really cool Beer Venger name for them. Remember to like, star, and subscribe whenever that feels appropriate. And send us your emails at thebeervengers at gmail.com if you have any questions, suggestions, or if you just like hearing us talk about you on the show. And now, without further ado, please enjoy episode 62, Pride and Pilsner. Oh, the beer, 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 Avengers, beer, beer, beer. Beer Avengers, beer, 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 beer Avengers. We're the Avengers. Welcome to the Beercast, everyone. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Astoria, Queens. I am Captain Porter Brownstout. And coming to you from an undisclosed location in Fresno, California. This is the Pale Male Hophead Huck. And coming to you from an undisclosed location in the County of Kings. It is I, the Beer Wonder. And we are the Beer Avengers. All right. Yes, that that was that was an interesting one. It's harmonic. Uh, it was. It was, it was intense. Very, you know, I yeah. was just meditating a little while ago. I don't know if they had a little bit of uh, at least helping people meditate. Uh, I think there's a crystal in here now. Uh, I don't know if that affected it at all, but that was a fun one, guys. I feel very centered. Mm. Uh, well, as I said, welcome to the beer cast, everyone. Very exciting to have uh, our, our beer vendors with us, as well as today, we have a very special guest beer vendor from the Beer and Cheese Collective. Oh, my gosh. Ryan Lefevre. Welcome, Ryan. Pleasure Yay. to be here. Pleasure to be beer. I, I will. Beer. I will. Uh, I will reveal to the world that um, it is possible that Brian has been a strong curation factor in the Beer Avengers uh, drinking experience. Let's put it that way. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, it's Ryan with an R, uh, yes. not Brian. That's okay though. Mm. Uh, people do that all the time. Um, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I think there was about a year where I called you by someone else. Like, I think I called you Aaron for a while because I got the two of you mixed up. Yeah, the the other buyer. Yeah, there was. Uh, I mean, it happens. It's not. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's not an uncommon thing. So. I felt terribly embarrassed um, when you correct. I'm glad you finally corrected me on it, but I felt terribly embarrassed. It takes, that I've been saying it wrong for as long as I was. 
you know, I've been I've been front of house uh, in the bar and service industry long enough that I'm like used to just playing that kind of like social judo. You know, it's just like, hey, you know what? You're tipping me well. That's kind of the important <laughs> thing. Yes. Yes. But uh, Beer Wonders being coy here. Yes. Ryan is the one every time you hear that. Uh, well, I'm not going to play it right now because you can hear it plenty right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the uh, Whenever we have a sponsored pour that was curated specifically by Ryan. So. This is the, Ryan's first physical appearance on the show, but uh, their influence has been felt regularly mm-hmm. on the show. For sure. Uh, but we got a really exciting show. We're going to hear all about uh, Ryan's origin story. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a special talk a little bit about uh, about it's Pride Month. Uh, this is our last episode in June, and it's about time we had like a full-on Pride episode. But before we do any of that, I uh, I think it's time to get to the pores, wouldn't you say? I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, since I'm back now and I went first last week, I think I'll just, I'll just go first again, if that's okay with everybody. I, uh, oof. Yeah. You've, um, I, I, See, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. This, this cross country <laughs> move Huck has really, uh, seems like it's boggled you just a little bit. I, we were making such good progress, such good progress. I think he's now, being affected by the heat, really. It's pro- that's probably it. It's, it's over 100. We're going to let it slide this time, um, because as any good beer vendor knows, it's only polite to let our guest go first. Of course, of course. Yeah, so uh, so Ryan, Ryan, what uh, what exciting beer do you have today? Uh, so today, for myself, I'm going to be pouring uh, Acceptance from Wild East Brewing here in the city. This Ooh. is an old beer. Uh, and is that so one you brought from the Beer and Cheese Collective? Yes, this one is from the Beer and Cheese Collective. Uh, it is among... Which, of course, makes it a... Sponsored pour! Incredible. Thank you. Uh, I guess I just pour it then on camera. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's Hold it up so we can, we can examine. Hold exam- it up oh. there. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, you got, and I love that, that glassware you've got there. Kind of a nice little taper to it, but... Um, yeah, hold it up a little higher so we can take a peek at what's, yeah. what's yeah, going let's, on. Let's put so that in the, the camera. camera frame. Oh, oh that oh. looks great. Classic alt beer, good head retention already. It's there. It look like it's got uh, going to be nice and foamy there. Mm. Oh, Excellent. Nice tannish Perfect color. Mm-hmm. Well, Ryan is a professional. Yes. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have like a card and everything that says I am. It's crazy. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so I got this. It's a delicious alt beer. I've actually tried it before, but I will. Uh, I assume we we do all the pours first, and then we. Well, yeah, I mean, you can taste it. You don't. You, well, we oh. will have an official toast. But I, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't like, keep listen, you thirsty, Ryan. Ryan doesn't want to be gulping rude. over a microphone while you're talking. All right. I'm not right. thirsty. I'm fine. What do you want to hear from the uh, their beer wonder now? Yeah. Well, let's see. What, what, what do you oh, have there, oh, beer wonder? Me? Oh my goodness. Well, what? What an honor, Huck. Thank you so much. Um, I <laughs> trying to, to make to, up for my mistake. I know. I know. Uh, to to the to the shock of all of our listeners today, I will be sipping on a. Sponsored pour. That's right. Another sponsored pour from the Beer and Cheese Collective, curated by the 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 one, the only Ryan Lefevre. Exactly, and and I uh, and I believe that uh, this may be our first Norwegian beer, because this is from a brewery called Oslo Brewing Company in Oslo, Norway. It is um, uh, imported through uh, another brewery that is in Normal, Illinois, which seems only. Um, 
normal. Um, and what I've got is a passion flute fruit yes. blonde ale uh, coming in at a charming 4.7%. Check out that can art. This O with the line over it seems to be their logo. I've seen a number of other beers in that, but they've got the rainbow in there. So you see it's ready for pride. And on the back, they've got even a little pretty picture of someone with a heart and a lovely pride flag as well. Mm. So seems like a good pride beer brewed, oh, especially nice. for Oslo pride. So um, let's take a look at this one and see what it has got. I've got my beer and cheese collective glass, naturally. Nice. Very golden-y. Mmm. Yeah. Almost had a tangerine oh, yeah. uh, color to it. Oh yeah, it's got uh, it got a good cover. We've got, it's uh, pretty heavy carbonation there. Those bubbles seem to be dissipating pretty fast. Um, so I don't know how much is going to happen there, but oh my gosh, the um, the passion fruit is jumping straight out of the glass and into my nose. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Excellent, excellent. Well, I feel like to continue with the theme, I should go next. Fine. Ever that cool, Huck? I didn't mean to jump jump the line. If you're like, you're, you, you, we didn't mean to put you the back of the line since you tried to jump yeah, to the front, but it actually seems like yeah, well. that's how we learn. Yes. Uh, so I have uh, I have yet another. Oh my goodness! Sponsored pour. Tried another sponsored pour from the Beer and Cheese Collective. Uh, Ryan gave me this beautiful beer from Long oh. Island City's own Fifth Hammer. It's called Control X. Uh, we're not entirely sure why it's called that. It, I mean, it it has a little bit of a keyboard there, and there's a and there's a passport on there. So I guess it's for traveling. It's into this has some nice little rainbows on the can. But if you look at it from a certain angle, it almost looks like it's oh, cool. the dark side of the moon as well. So uh, works on so many different levels. But, you know, this is a it is a yep. raspberry lemon wit beer. Uh, Control X at five point oh, nice. five ABV. Oh, well. So a little bit outside of my usual wheelhouse, but I'm really looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Fifth Hammer does some nice stuff. Here we mm-hmm. go. Yeah, Fifth oh, Hammer has wow. lately been my favorite local brewery. They have put out a lot of really excellent excellent brews lately yeah. oh yeah this guy yeah. looks like pink grapefruit coming out yeah, of there it's, is it blue nice and dark is there, is there like a, a reddish or, or purplish color in there i can't quite tell yeah okay Definitely and it's got a very white head right. very nice mm-hmm. it looks interesting as heck and i've always loved the can art always consistently good always. can art over there so yeah Absolutely. Well, you've been very patient, Huck. Uh, what, what do you have there? Well, I'm out here in uh, old Fresno town and uh, I was unable to come up with a pride beer. I think I could have found like maybe uh, they, there I saw some Bud Light pride cans, but uh, I know you didn't want me to come on with with a Bud Light on the show. So I do have this yeah. nice beer, though, and it's called Pinch Harmonics from uh, New Glory Brewing out of Sacramento. This is a West Coast style IPA. And uh, going with the captain's theme is also musical themed. And I have the old school glass here. I'm going to hold that up right. Oh, there we go. Nice. From, from the, 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 the prior school name. Mm-hmm. Beer and cheese yes. glass. There we go. Beer Look and cheese. That. Not bad. That's a, that's a historic, historical piece now. Yeah. Oh I think gosh. so. We won't it, tell Rick about this. It's I got that so. darker brown that I'd expect <laughs> out of a West Coast IPA. Really beautiful. Yeah, it's, a, it's, Good head it's got a... Even though it's West Coast, it's fairly hazy. I mean, it's got a nice yeah, nice color to it. All right, well, there you go. All right, well, Beer Avengers, raise your glass. Here we are. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. everyone. Oh, yeah. Well, that's very nice, very tart. Mm. Mm. This is just very much the classic alt beer, you know, nice mm-hmm. and creamy. Bit of bitterness on the back end that 
just old school Dusseldorf style. Yeah. Nothing. So it's a. Cl- what, what is the name of that one again, Ryan? Acceptance, which is an alt beer, as okay. I said. So you know, yeah. it's um, alt beer is about a five percent, five to a half percent typically, um, top fermented ale. It's uh, lagered for a few months. So it's cold. Um, it's it's uh, matured at lower temperatures, which is why it tends to drink like a lager, even though it's using what we would consider to be an ale yeast, which is why it gets that um, kind of fruit fruit notes right on the top. Um, Isn't that the same way a Kolsch is made? Yes. Kolsch's and yeah. alt beers are actually uh, in Germany. They're, they're the opposite sides of the Rhine and they have a rivalry. There's like a, a, ah. a contextual like... Um, traditional like if you're a col if you're from Kolsch drinker from cologne or an alt beer drinker from dusseldorf it's like you know it's like a sports team rivalry kind of fun thing and i think there's a festival somewhere that specifically is like all of the southern rhineland alt beer brewers competing against like the northern rhineland kolsch brewers or something along those lines but yeah um and that just comes down to the fact that they were doing lagering practices but they only really had one kind of yeast back in the 19th century when these styles were being I, I guess i wouldn't say pioneered but codified um mm. you know regionally regionally developed into something uh recognizable as distinct from every uh, every random village's beer that was being made however they were making it you know um but yeah so it's uh you know dark uh, on the srm scale it's pretty lagery in general malt forward mm. with um big stone fruit notes on the nose and on the top um and it mm. has a very clean finish um with a classic old world hop bitterness um you know no no none of the citric no no acidity uh in like a citrusy sense it's all just like straight um kind of like you know piney beer bitters all the way mm. through um I get a bit of, uh, I don't know, a bit of current on the pop. Um, maybe, uh, you know, like I said, some of those, some of those old school hop notes to pine, um, uh, just herbaceous, uh, almost kind of gruit, uh, lingonberry kind of things, you know, um, it's delicious though. I would, I would drink this every day. Excellent. Good description. Is one of the, is this a part of the proceeds goes to, uh, some sort of charity for this beer is that right acceptance i, I believe that? um i know this i have it in my notes not to put you on uh, the spot no no it's fine and the funny thing is i can remember um control x <laughs> is p flag wild east is a fantastic brewery in brooklyn yeah. we love they are them really so much. really are and actually so their sales lead is a former co-worker of mine Mm. um holly deal uh who was yep um so she was a bartender in the beer buyer for milk and hops chelsea uh alongside mike levinson for a number of years um and uh they did a fantastic work uh, curating the program there um mm. i didn't get a chance to work directly with her for very long um only when she was briefly at beer and cheese at mars here um but um but she always did a great job and uh she's always been a fun person to have a beer with for sure um, yeah, so. they got a great staff over there. Mm-hmm. Really yep. cool people because we've done our beer tours there and uh, just always friendly, always uh, uh, great service and, and the beer is outstanding. And they had the side yeah. poles there for their loggers. 
uh, side pull of the check style taps, which are just just delightful and fun, and gives you just that little bit of difference in the mouthfeel for the for your beers. So, cheers to Wild East. I miss them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't find uh, exactly where it is, but typically most of these are going to um, uh, various things. Our sales of it um, during our Pride event, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, are all going to the um, the uh, Okra Project. Oh, cool. So that'll be. Oh, but I'll cool. talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the event. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's something to look forward to for sure. I. Uh, how is that uh, Norwegian beer? Uh, yeah. Tell us more yeah, about that. I'm curious is, to hear about that. It's a it's an interesting one. I mean, it definitely smells intensely of passion fruit, but it doesn't quite have the same amount of passion fruit. It's not quite as prominent because there is sort of like a, a little bit of a hot bitterness underneath it that kind of comes out at the very end. Um, it's pretty light. It's kind of tart. Um, it, uh, it, it It's an easy drinker. It's 4.7, so that's what you'd kind of expect. Uh, it would make a good, you know, if you are uh, out... I mean, I don't know how hot it gets at Oslo Pride. I don't know quite what that experience is like. But if it was a warm day out watching a Pride Parade or marching at a Pride Parade, this would be a, a nice uh, sipper for it. It just kind of goes down nice and easy. But Ryan, I'm yeah. curious what you – how – because this is our first Norwegian beer that we have come to through sure. you or through any anything. Um, how did this come into the Beer and Cheese Collective's existence mm. and then, I guess, into your life? Uh, how did this particular beer, Oslo mm -hmm. or Oslo Brewing in general? I mean, I yes. don't get a lot of Norwegian beer coming through, um, especially post COVID. My importation, my access to imports is a lot more limited than it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, and in most cases, I mean, what 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 you're usually experiencing is if you're getting something unusual, is there's layers of um, there's layers of curation happening because sure. I'm making selections for the shop, but ma, the sales representatives that I work with through importers and distributors and even uh, individual breweries are also, you know, um, curating what they're presenting to me and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm coming into. In this case, um, this was through uh, the wholesale distribution team at tap RM was highlighting mm. some new products that were coming through. Um, they brought me some samples. I tasted the ones that looked interesting to me and that I thought would do well with our client, with our, with our customer base basically. Um, and as it happens, you know uh, I was, I always like to put out some, beers that resonate with pride for pride month yeah, of um course. and uh it looked great and it it suited the the style needs that i needed to fill at the time and so it came in uh i more or less sample every single beer i stock um not every last one of them largely because i'm not the only person uh who orders them i have a, a co-worker sarah who also helps me uh and works with certain portfolios um so sometimes she makes some selections as well, but uh, ninety nine percent of the time it's just the taste. It's, I try the beer; it's a good beer. I feel proud to sell it, so it goes in. Um, I mean, there's some other considerations: cost, uh, availability, things like that. But I don't sell anything I wouldn't drink myself. Um, and in the case of this one, uh, honestly, the can was a big draw. You pointed out how to, what yeah. a nice can. That's gorgeous art. It's Cans, beautiful. Yeah. Great name. Too. Pretty cans sell beer. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's a little it's a little like I I, I want to show you how all the sausages are made a little bit, but uh, and I'm sure this will not be a much of a surprise to you. But there is definitely a certain amount of mercenary mentality when it comes to selling um, 
uh, sort of like a niche hobbyist product like craft beer, which is, is despite not being as niche as it used to be, is is you know it's it's a com it's a comparative thing. It's you know it's still only I think fifteen percent of all alcoholic uh, global sales of alcohol or something along those lines. It's or very or just shy of that number. Wow. So we're still talking about something that's going to have to appeal to people who are looking for something fresh and new, and you know. I just I I have slightly higher standards than most, but it's gonna be good stuff across the board. You've got beer avenger standards. You do exactly. Yes. Well, you know, and I have, have to admit, to I do not often, I do not often go out and looking for the uh, the the imports because there's such a wonderful you know cornucopia of delight with American craft beer. Mm. But generally speaking, when we've had them on the show, it's because you gave me one. Like we had that one uh, from Seven Island, well, like that Greek beer. Yep. It was so yep. delicious and yeah. unusual. Your European own. brewing culture is very different from um, American craft brewing culture, and um, and it's there's only a handful of breweries uh, that I import that I feel like approach it from the angle that American brewers tend to. Um, mm. In Europe, uh, it it is it is a uh, um, I think. I, I've described it as um, it's a, like a singular perfection act, right? So they don't necessarily as often try to um, vary on a style. They have the style. And I mean, you even see that in the laws, you know, things like um, German beer purity laws and uh, things like that, where it's really about taking something that is very iconically associated with the region and just making it better and better and better and better and better, which can mean you'll get some absolutely incredible beers, some of the most delicious things you'll ever taste. But there's not always a lot to talk about. You're just like, this is this is a very good munich hellas <laughs> that is pretty much like i mean because there's diminishing returns right like you can only make a beer so perfect and then there's only so many layers levels past that that you're gonna go and america to contrast everyone kind of does everything um right. everyone's trying to reinvent the wheel all the time mm. they you know they want they want the newest way to the newest marketing term you can slap on a can to make people go, oh, that's something I haven't had before. I want that. And some of it is fabulous and makes, you know, and is incredible work being done by master brewers. And then some of it's like, you know, some of it's double dry hop pale ales. Yeah. <laughs> which is just an IPA. Yes. Yeah. If you double dry hop a pale ale, you just made an IPA. That's all it is. <laughs> so if you're telling me that you've double dry hopped a pale ale and you're calling it a pale ale that's fine you can put that on your can it's an ipa (laughs) and that's fine well they have two of the right letters there exactly it it, it is at at two two of yeah yeah it's uh i uh, huck i just want to say you showed some very admirable strength there because i know you can rarely hear the term german purity laws without saying (laughs) go ahead there yeah. we go. We should, have, we should have a. We need a soundbite for that. We, we need a Reinheitsgebot uh, soundbite. We probably do. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, Huck, why don't you say it in the clear for us right now? Reinheitsgebot. All right. There we go. Now we'll it's well. Definitely it's cut cured. that out later. But speaking of <laughs> speaking of making an IPA, Huck's got one today. How's that tasting for you? Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know, like I said earlier about the idea that it's a bit hazy and it's it does have a West Coast vibe, real mm-hmm. piney kind of nose, but it's also super tropical. So I think this is mm-hmm. what I would call a hybrid uh West Coast New England style. You know, it's like a hazy West Coast. 
Uh, they make it with El Dorado, Citra, and Mosaic. So I'm definitely getting those Mosaic hops on the nose. You know, those are a strong aroma. Um, but the, the balance of the three, uh, it really gives old school, new school. And by old school, you know, that's not very old, <laughs> the West Coast IPA. But uh, uh, I think it's a good it's a good combination. It's a nice and like uh, like Ryan was saying, like this is a very good version of a, <laughs> an IPA, <laughs> American yeah. IPA. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's very nice, very fresh, strong hop flavor. Um, and super uh, drinkable. Not uh, uh, it's got a nice clean finish. I dig it. I'm not I'm not the descriptor that Ryan is, but I like it. I like a beer. <laughs> I like it a like beer. A taste. Like it a like beer. A smell. I could be yeah, could be one... looking to think about Ryan's name that he's very good with the descriptions. Yes, so, there we uh, go. We tie There's a lot in. happening oh. there. It's funny. I could say, I, and I said this. I think I've, I think I've said this to you at the bar, Glenn, uh, Captain. Uh, I'll get there. Whoever uh, you are, mystery man. Order. Um, you know, I compare it. Some I compare the experience of being a professional in the beer industry and just being someone who's engaged with craft beer for so long to a quote. I think I heard. Um, I think it was Bruce Lee who said, like, you know. Uh, and it, it was, you said, he said like, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you don't know anything, uh, you, you know, a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. And then you start becoming a master and you start training and you learn about sidekicks and flying kicks and, and, and roundhouses and, and you hear, think about straight punches and chops and, and, and you have all these things. And then eventually you become a true master and a master knows at the end of the day that a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I feel like that can be true about beer a little bit. It's, you know, yeah. when you're in that certain nascent stage of being uh, engaged with beer as like as something more than just like, oh, I have a beer, uh, you learn to appreciate it and talk about it in specific ways and in concrete ways uh, that you you find yourself going uh eventually like well this has all of these things and i could talk about it this way but also this is it's just a good ipa okay. yep yeah sure is sure is a I good one it like <laughs> i would drink it again i would buy it again and, and that sometimes really that's all standard. that needs to be said <laughs> yep i i would say that this uh wit beer is is I, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it is that, okay, but also it is very unique. Uh, the flavor profile, it's, I think it's just the perfect combination of raspberry and lemon because if the lemon dominated, that might be a little too much. I think the raspberry dominates, but the lemon is very present. It's very refreshing. It's very delicious. It's easy drinking. Uh, thank you for, for selecting this one, Ryan. It's, it's, it's really good. Have you tried this one? I have. Yeah, it's, it's quite good. Um, I, kind of feel it was a little bit more of a I think wit beer is I mean it is a wit beer um and it's very yeah. light but it, it's tart and fruit forward enough that I would almost want to call it a sour um yeah but it, it, it treads that line it, 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 it but it is still a fantastic summer now I know you were saying that uh, this particular one uh is the uh, some proceeds from it go to a p flag uh, yeah. Did any of us figure out? Because I was trying to look up before we started here where the Control X thing fits into it. I looked it up, and I guess that is the that is the uh, shortcut for cut. I think yeah, for yes. like cut. cutting and pasting. 
Um, control commands on keyboards are sometimes referred to as hammer commands, so I thought maybe it's okay. some reference to fifth hammer. I, I don't know, though oh. I couldn't find any anything further on that. They have a lot of very strange references in their beer names. They have a lot of Dungeons & Dragons themed beers that don't mm. have any like further context beyond that just being the name of the beer, so I don't, I don't know exactly where... Uh, uh, if I had thought ahead of time, I could have uh, called. I could have like emailed Kuzme and found out like why he names the beer, but I didn't think to do that. Well, 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 well that's all right. Well, what we will ter- certainly look that up and address it on a on a future show. And if any uh, Ryan can reach out to to the brewer, or if any of anyone who's listening wants to reach out to on our social media to explain to us why this beer is called Control X, we uh, we will be happy to hear it and we will share it on a future show. Yes, send us a letter. A letter, yes, uh, snail mail. I don't think we've ever given people a snail mail address. Email, do we have? Do we have a PO box? You can, you can just drop it off at the beer and cheese collective, where you should be going oh, yes, anyway. Thirty-five eleven Dittmer. Yes, exactly. Someone What's will that get address it, I again? promise. <laughs> yes, thirty-five eleven Dittmer Boulevard in Astoria, Queens. Yes, exactly. Just ask for <laughs> Ryan. Now you know, uh, oh, yeah. or whatever Absolutely. their beer venture name will be. Which reminds me. I do feel like we have come to a very important part of... I know Ryan is like a beer professional and all of that, but today something very special happens. But to get to that naming session, we're going to have to go back in time a little bit. We are. We need to really learn how how Ryan started uh, with beer and his, you know, whatever version of the history uh, they want to give. Uh, and so, therefore, we are going to be hearing Ryan's Yes, we want to hear Ryan's origin story. Ryan, uh, how how you got started in beer? Uh, the earliest memory you feel like sharing with us there, and moving beyond that. All right. Uh, so I would say. Uh, I didn't really work in beer until I worked at the Beer and Cheese Collective, to be completely honest. I mean, in terms of my first craft beer was uh, probably in upstate New York, where I was Mm -hmm. in college at Geneseo. And um, that was in the early 2000s. And it was kind of the very beginnings of craft beer becoming a craze. Um, And... Uh, at the time, we mostly, as most people did, drank Labatt Blue Light uh, as our beverage of choice. But I remember very distinctly me and uh, my best friend, uh, who were housemates at the time. That's the, 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 my friend whose wedding I was at last week when I was out of town, Glenn. Um, and um, we went and we got, uh, they sold growlers of Rohrbox beer. Uh, Rohrbox is a small microbrewery in Rochester, New York. I don't think they distribute. I think it is just a tap room. Hmm. Um, I don't even I know. Also, if still... Ryan, I want to oh, uh, Ryan, I want to clarify. Before you had that, had you enjoyed the Labatt's uh, Blue Light? I mean, enjoyed is a strong word. Do you enjoy <laughs> brushing your teeth? <laughs> no, <laughs> but you do it. Every day. No, well, it's interesting because <laughs> I, we, we talk to a lot of people about the origin stories and, and when they encounter beer that is less than stellar, some either just grit, grit their teeth and bear it and work their way until they find better beer. Uh, and other immediately, res- like Beer Wonder Story was, uh, 
he liked it, uh, or he did not like his first encounters with beer, and it wasn't until years later mm-hmm. when he had good beer that he finally started to really begin. Correct. But, but, so you, but you had accepted Labette's I mean, I ex- uh, blue light for the time being. I, I, again, uh, bear in mind that this is in Rochester, which means your options are you know globally distributed uh, macro brews or Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's, you know, I was, I was laughed as I could go to Barclays Center and spend $14 for a can of Jenny Cream Ale. And I laughed and I said, if you wanted one of these, just go lie in a ditch somewhere outside of Rochester, New York, and someone will throw one to you eventually. Like the can will be half empty, but you'll get a beer. You will get mm-hmm. one. Um, so, uh, no, we had this, it was a Scotch Ale. I remember very much. Oh no, no, no. It was a, it was a blueberry ale. And then a Ooh. Scotch Ale. I think we got the Scotch Ale later. Um, uh, yeah. And we just got it out on a whim. And they sold growlers out of the cooler and uh, it was really good. Uh, I guess I didn't really think too much of it. Uh, I, I think I could describe my relationship to alcohol in those days as being a means rather than an end unto itself. Um, but I was uh, I was a youngin, so I'll, I'll, let, I'll let that slide as far as I can. Uh, and... Uh, Statute of limitations are, are down, out, so I think you're fine. I made some friends um, through some of the other uh, clubs I was involved in uh, and uh, met some folks who had uh, more of a investment in good beer. I don't I don't even know if they used the term craft beer at the time. They were just like, mm. oh, like good beer. And, um, one of whom I'm still friends with, and he is a notorious like stout basement stalker kind of beer craft beer guy like he's got the the massive uh, collection of aging cellared bottles uh and he really only drinks like stouts and like adjunct heavy stouts like you know sounds like somebody tastes, i know like yeah yeah it sounds sounds a little familiar uh so uh and uh uh my partner and i were uh, actually um accommodated by uh this this person and his his wife uh in terms of a place to live for some time. And, uh, I drank a bunch of stuff then, uh, that he had, uh, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't really think too much of it. And then, uh, I got hired, uh, at, uh, with the time of story beer and cheese to run the kitchen. Uh, uh, that's what my background was in cooking and food. Um, and just being adjacent to the product I started, um, I have a, I guess I could say a natural disposition to like over invest myself mentally in anything that I get even slightly interested in. And, uh, in this case it flipped to a career. So I, Mm. um, uh, drank the beer and I got to know it. And then I started taking courses and then I got the gig to buy the beer after my predecessor moved to Nevada in 2016. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Nigel. Nigel, you hear this? You're my boy. Uh, Nigel is still a very good for, friend of mine. He was he taught me a lot of stuff too. So, Ryan, Ryan, as you as you've taken this journey, uh, did you have you have you come to uh, any specific styles that are your your favorites among them? Um, I'd say that I am um, these days all about a good pilsner. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, I think that is a beer that, uh, standout quality pills is something that is truly transcendent from like the rank and file, you know, IPAs. I love IPAs. I love every style of beer, but you know, sometimes you just, IPAs have just this wide spectrum. Um, Pilsners I find are either just forgettable or some of the literal finest 
thing you will ever drink. Um, they do run that gamut. They, don't they? I mean, most things do, but I always feel like those are the ones that really that really jump out to me. So, uh, yeah, my tendency these days is to drink nice pilsners, um, German styles in general, Kolsch, uh, obviously like an alt beer or something like that. I I think. Uh, I tend to like uh, old world styles that have pretty clean profiles and uh, are generally on the drier side. And that's about it. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah I found it, there's something you you had mentioned a while back. It was on Facebook or somewhere uh, where you're talking about how there are certain beers that because there's such a wide array of choices uh, and we, everyone wants to get the hot new trendy thing right. and check it off their list that there are certain very good, reliable beers that uh, that we just sleep on. Mm-hmm. That we're uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, I, you, not that you ever stopped liking it, but you forget to buy it. Or you, right. you, you're like, well, you you're just so focused on getting the new one. And I think the one you had mentioned at that point, it, it might have been, was it the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale? Yeah, I mean. Or was it something else? Or was something else by there then? There is. Might have been Celebration. Um, sure. Well, Celebration, I stock Celebration in the store un- unapologetically every holiday season. Yeah. Um, mm, nice. I think that is one of the best um, late season wet hop uh, ales. Uh, I hesitate to even call it an IPA. It's closer to something like a Amber or Red Ale. Mm. Um, they, they sell it as an IPA. And I mean, it is pretty aggressively hop. But yeah, I mean. So that's it kind of comes back to what um, what, uh, you know, Huck was leaning into earlier when we were talking about whether an IPA is just an IPA or is it something more elaborate that we can we can classify just so. Uh, And I think that there is definitely times where it's like, man, you know, the reason why you can buy Sierra Nevada Pale Ale at every grocery store and every gas station, every bodega in this country because the beer is actually really good. It's just good. Like, it just yeah. tastes good. It's nothing yeah. exciting. You're not going to have your mind blown. It's not going to be a new experience, but it costs $11 for six bottles, mm-hmm. and you're going to enjoy every drop of it. So, yeah, I think uh, they, I think that's the something classic. worth thinking about. They are, they're the ones that are credited with, the, with uh, starting the West Coast, or what we call the American IPA. Uh, with that American mm-hmm. Pale Ale, they released it in 1981. So uh, they were way Sierra ahead of Nevada. They also own almost all the hops. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Most, um, if you're starting a new brewery, most of the time you have to purchase because they um, pre, uh, you know, pre the the craft beer craze, there was actually very limited hop growing operations mm-hmm. happening domestically. Right. So they were mostly imported. Um, and, uh, and at some point in like the early 2000s, Sierra Nevada purchased like most of the commodity futures on hops. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of times new breweries literally have to smart. buy, like do like basically like do like commodity purchase, unless it's like a new strain or something like that. But a lot of like the big popular West coast strains are all essentially owned by them. I didn't know and yeah, that. it's oh. very smart. I'm oh, not yeah. necessarily describing that completely accurately, but it's something along those lines. They, they basically, they, 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 you know, cause, um, uh, whatever they did, they bought like a production commodity future with regards to like a couple of different common hop strains. So like they basically, when you go to buy hops, like on a production scale as a new brewery, a lot of times you're actually buying it via a futures trade, through uh through sierra nevada 
Interesting. Oh, yeah. I like that. California gives us a lot. You're, you're buying your hops from Sierra Nevada, and you're buying your yeast from White Labs in San Diego. Yeah, more than likely. <laughs> Those hops generally come from the uh, from the Yakima Valley in Washington and Oregon and Idaho as well. So, oh, I, I should have just said West Coast instead of California. Well, California is not the best place to grow hops, which is interesting because, uh, well, maybe in the north. Uh, but they're they're only grown in certain areas well. And New York is a great place for it. We need to get more. Uh, we, I don't live there anymore, but uh, I know their hop production is growing. Yeah, that's the whole farm brewery laws. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about it, to encourage hop production yep. uh, in New York. And there's, um, yeah, there's a push for this, what they call smash, single malt, single hop, New York smash brews, which were a big yes. thing for a couple. That's kind of tapered off a little bit, but that is still a big thing. A lot of, a lot of breweries were pushing products that they were called new there was new york smash you know single malt and single hop all new york grown product um yeah i, I had that if, at what, uh, big alice or was it uh, fifth uh, uh, five boroughs one of them had a, a smash beer mm-hmm. i yep. think it was five boroughs Co- yeah a couple of them did one omegang did one um i know arrowwood farms did one that i had um i want to say captain lawrence um, that I brought through. There was a few others as well. Um, they did a bunch of county level subsidies where I grew up in Niagara County. So Niagara Escarpment's mm. mostly wine country now. Um, but a bunch of people got essentially buyouts to like rip out some of the vineyards that were overproduced. Like there was just no need for the extra production because it's all small scale stuff anyway. And they were growing hop, hop strains there. So wine overtakes beer there. once again. Yeah, right. Or yes, beer happens. overtakes wine. That's the direction we're going. It'll be one or one way or the other. We just trade I back. I do and love forth. single. Uh, yeah. I do love single hop beers when you can mm, isolate yeah. that hop and really get a flavor for it. Single malts. I'm not as uh, tuned in to the differences in different malts. Uh, mm. I know that, especially being a lager drinker, that I should be a little more tuned into that. I guess I'm tuned in as far as like old old world, new world. Uh, but uh, yeah. Because of the the original German uh, and the Czech uh, malts are, are so specific, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna work on my palate. Although as you get older, your palate uh, uh, starts to fail more. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I could be too late for the huckster. You never know. That's, well, that's since this is a a, a pride themed episode, I, I don't think we we should uh, w- wait any further to talk about this great uh, event that uh, you're having coming up uh, at the Beer and Cheese Collective, Ryan. Uh, to celebrate Pride, yeah. obviously you're celebrating it all month, mm-hmm. but you're having a, a special event. Is it uh, the 25th? Is that right? Uh, it'll be the 24th, the Friday. I think that's the 24th. Oh, Friday. So the 24th. Yeah. yeah. So it's Friday the 24th. So if you're listening to this on the Monday we're released, uh, Friday. you have uh, ample time to make plans to go to the uh, Beer and Cheese Collective's Pride celebration. And what exactly uh, is, is going on that night? Uh, so it's pretty simple and straightforward. It's not a ticketed event or anything. It's just open to the public. We're going to have uh, half a dozen brews on tap that are, um, uh, you know, uh, either either brews made to support um, Pride uh, charities or brews that are actually produced by our, um, our queer brothers and sisters. Uh, and uh, they, uh, I have uh, listing items from uh the rainbows everywhere from torch and crown i'm gonna have uh gay beer from the gay beer collective we're gonna have (laughs) dyke beer on we're gonna have some uh uh the pride brews from i'm gonna have the acceptance the one i was just having that's gonna be on i think 
I have uh, the Inner Burrows Mad Fat Pride uh, in 2022, uh, which is a fantastic IPA. Um, Oslov, I have a keg of the Oslov that's going on. Uh, we're going to have uh, happy hour pricing on all those and pretty much every red cent that we make over cost on that is going to get donated to the Okra Project, which is um, a uh, mutual aid uh, charity uh, based out of the city that uh, focuses on producing uh, food and material support for um, black trans youth. Uh, it is the only national charity that is completely helmed by uh, black trans folks um in general uh and uh, it's food focused so they actually produce um like culturally relevant meals specifically for uh isolated or otherwise um uh, potentially um endangered um uh black and other um uh trans people of color um so it's uh, uh it's a fantastic charity um they do some amazing stuff um they uh, uh, have been doing a ton of work, and so we're going to support them uh, with this event. Uh, we're also going to have some live music. We've got Loser Cruiser in. Uh, it's a local band. It's fantastic. Uh, and then... At, yes, I just saw them the other night. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> they were having sushi. Y- yes. <laughs> well, walking home and, this is, and Dip Mars, and they were having sushi there. Astoria, it's just a small town in the middle of New York City. Um, yes. Uh, Accurate. And uh, we have... Um, uh, we're going to have, um, basically we're doing a community mural for pride, um, that, um, going to have, uh, a thing to make buttons. So make buttons, pride buttons and put it on the mural or keep it for yourself. And, uh, and then we're going to have a movie night, uh, after the sun goes down, um, we're going to be showing, uh, I am going to flip a coin between whether or not I'm putting on the birdcage or, uh, to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar. Either great, exa- uh, either great films to watch yeah, this time of year, perfect. or any time of year, uh, honestly. But any time of year, really. But I mean, listen, we're going to be thematic. Let's be thematic in a way that's fun. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and yes. it's uh, that's the plan. It's pretty pretty straightforward event, but I think it's going to be a good party, a good time to show your uh, show your pride and show your support for uh, the LGBTQI community. Um, and uh and then those of us in it a lot of uh, a lot of the staff at beer and cheese are on that spectrum uh it's part of the reason why we've thrown a lot of our energy behind it um so uh that's uh that's that's what we're doing and so is it they're going to be going on from opening is going to be starting at like the uh, beers will be available from opening uh i think we're going to start the band at like six o'clock or so probably uh and uh and then the movie will be on after that when uh when it gets dark enough so excellent so you have like a projector set up yeah. in the backyard yeah. oh that's gonna be great excellent yeah it's gonna be fun we're gonna actually hopefully start doing movie nights of some kind i think if that's for the future Yes, that sounds like fun. A, a, a little preview of that on our little show. That's ex- always exciting. We've had a number yeah, of, of people preview things for us, so thank you for that. Um, that that's is, it. I did just yeah, I did yeah. just hear a crack occur, which on, makes me think what? it is distinctly possible that Huck may have a second pour. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I think we you know need what's to funny. I delve into. I that. came here this afternoon to get to get uh, drunk on the podcast, but. I actually we're we're getting our new car today, so I have to I have to go get we are going to get that uh, this afternoon, so we're happy about that. But you know, I think we got room for a little bit of a hobo. This is called a hobo pilsner. Ooh, this is from uh, um. Dust Bowl Brewing. 
uh, who I've talked about, one of my new favorites out of Turlock, California. I've not had the hobo, so we're going to give it a shot. You all know that I'm, I used to be obsessed with the Lord Hobo Brewing out of, yes, out of uh, uh, Boston. So now I get my own little hobo out here. Nice guy. Nice. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't pour it on camera. Uh, nice little color to it. Uh, a little bit darker than oh, yeah, usual, uh, nice. usual pills. And you see the little hobo and his dog there? Looks like a robust pilsner. It's, oh, and it's, yeah, it's robust. It's about 5.3%, uh, so not a lazy pills. Let's take a, take a, take a taste. Not a lazy pills. <laughs> this pills showed up. This pills came this to pills work. showed up, and it's good. It's, it's actually mm-hmm. very nice. I give it, I, there's, there's a distinct, uh, and, and Ryan knows this, so there's different styles of pills. There's German Pilsner, mm-hmm. obviously the original Czech, and there's American Pilsner, and the American Pilsner is like Bud. Or right. yeah, or Miller Lite or whatever. Right. So I feel like we have a, pretty much all the macros. There's right? another category that that isn't really being talked about, and that's the craft pilsner, the American craft mm. pilsner, which I feel like has a slightly hoppier quality than a than a, a German pils or or the uh, Czech pils, unless it's uh, otherwise stated. I think they use American hops and American. Uh, malts. So uh, this is this falls in that category, as far as I can tell. Got uh, not too hoppy a nose, but a very a nice. Uh, a, I would say a little richer uh, flavor than uh, than the traditional uh, European pilsner. Super quaffable, great lawnmower beer, as we say. Mm, quaffable. Yeah, I like it. I, this is one of my faves out here. Dust Bowl. I'm digging the Dust Bowl. They're the ones that had that ten percent IPA that I got at the uh, ballpark uh, oh, yeah? last month. So I'm digging on ho on uh, Dust Bowl for sure. All right, thanks guys for letting me get that in there. That's why I came. Hobo without the Lord, <laughs> without the Lord. It's the My, hobo of the people. What, uh, where are we? Where do we stand on hobos, uh, uh, Ryan? Where, uh, you, uh, it was there. It was like a craze for a bit, and then Lord Hobo lost oh, its, ho- its, like- its shine. The, oh, the beer, the actual brewery, the brewery Lord Hobo. Of, uh, Needham, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I had a launch event for them a few years back. I think it's just mm-hmm. most things. It's, it's you know, uh, beer, uh, craft beer has got a lot of uh, leverages, a lot around exclusivity, mm-hmm. I think. So um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing where I think a lot of the shine comes off when a brewery that was previously um uh seen as sort of uh difficult to access becomes more accessible right and, and that is unfortunate yeah. yeah and i think that's what happened with lord hobo um the quality of the product didn't uh, go down at all it's just i can't you know you can't if you can't sell it on the strength of like well this is like a lord hobo like oh we got boom sauce in you know like yeah. you, gotta, you gotta get some boom sauce yeah everyone's like i can get boom sauce at tops like i you know i just <laughs> I, I, I think also yeah. a problem they had was that they would have shelf life they, they would those beers would sit on grocery yeah. store shelves for too long and they got a yeah. bad reputation yeah. in that way for having uh old well that beers. was yeah, that was a consequence of the IPA craze. Uh, mm-hmm. The IPA killed itself. I mean, obviously, it's not an it's not a poorly selling style by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But relative to four or five years ago, um, it was such a prolific style. I mean, to the point where 
I I did the math out. I mathed out my sales charts one one year. Um, I think 2018 or 2017 or so, and I literally sold, um, quite literally sold four times as much IPA as any other style. Wow. Um, uh, on draft, um, especially um, four times. I literally four times. Like wow. as in, I would move through four times in in the same period of time. I would rotate um, one Pilsner keg. I would rotate mm. four core IPA kegs. Um, Good lord. That, that's just counting like a core IPA, like a six and a half percenter basic, you know, American yeah. IPA. If you add in how much I would also sell of something like an extra pale and mm. other hop forward profiles, like a um, like an adjunct IPA or or like a sour IPA or a double imperial, um, it's probably even more than that. Um, that that fell off dramatically. It's still not. I mean, it's still fairly fairly the most popular style, I'd say, mm-hmm. but. Um, and I, I chalk a lot of that up to the fact that it became so prolific uh, that most of them were garbage um, <laughs> after a certain point in time. So yeah, because you got to be careful. Every brewery that opened up in New York City that I'm familiar with, like ones where I know the brewers like by name, um, they would open and they would all of them swear, swear on their copy of the BJCP <laughs> handbook that they were going to be a Belgian yeast forward brewer mm. or a lager brewer or I mean, uh, LIC Beer Project installed like a thirty five thousand um, dollar cool ship. Like it's like the biggest cool mm-hmm. ship in the city. I don't even think they freaking use it anymore because oh uh, because eventually you go okay i can spend six months perfecting this delicate you know stick of alt beer or lager or 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 saison or something like that and have it sell like four four packs or i can knock together an ipa in three weeks and have it sell out in a couple yeah. of days um but yeah. the result of that was that you know it became ubiquitous and everyone was trying to make an IPA, even if the brewers didn't have the expertise to do so. So I think wild East has, has clung to their roots pretty well so far. I know they, and they, but they do make IPAs and they do sell them, but they're really, uh, their reputation is good enough that they are also selling the loggers. And I see that too, like with Grimm and other breweries uh, that they sell the loggers, they sell them out. Mm-hmm. and uh it's like that's a sign to us you know we want more of that we want a vienna lager we want to have an alt beer uh we do want more have more variety so i i, I it, it, this pendulum is moving but it's moving fairly it slowly yeah T- since 2018 or 2019 or so i think um honestly i, I chalk it up to the general um uh, the fall off in 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 like the broad level popularity of craft beers. So the people who are still coming in and buying this stuff are the people who are actually invested in enjoying mm-hmm. something good. Um, it's not just the hype train anymore. Um, and uh, as a result, yeah, it's been fantastic. A lot of the newer breweries are sticking to their guns. They're focusing on styles that aren't just IPAs. The IPAs that are coming out are of a higher quality. They're fresher. Mm-hmm. They're better tasting. Um, yeah, the, the part of the, the stuck on the grocery store shelf thing that I was thinking about that kind of, I thought spoiled the IPA image was the fact that IPAs you really want to drink in like three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, it's, and that's ridiculous. Like you can't, no one, no one who's operating a whole foods is going to be like, I'm going to only order product to go for three weeks and then get rid of it. Like, it's just not so. I was in yeah. a, uh, and that's something that, that's something that never happens to me with stouts. <laughs> nice thing about anytime you're getting a stout, like it only improves right. with age. 
about five years or so after that, I think you're gonna you're gonna. Stay. I guess so. Like, well, there's one point where you had one that actually we had on the show that I but but that I actually bought there. It was oh, what was the name of it? It was like the ghost uh, space ghost, uh, like a spe- like it had like uh, ghost peppers oh, in yeah. it. Uh, and like I remember when I got it uh, and brought it up to the counter because it looked so and it was was great. But Lane warned me. It's like, yeah, I don't know how long that's. that's yeah, there's around. some. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to. <laughs> he said certain... we just found that in a corner of the basement and put it but out it was there. In a and, bottle. Like, and I got it and had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's good. good. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was from. Oh, I can't. It was somewhere in Illinois. Uh, yeah, it was like it was in a big bottle. Did we try that at uh, one of our parties? It was. We, yeah, we, I had it on the show, and then I bought another one and brought it to one of our get-togethers, and it was yeah. But it, it was funny. Like Lane was warning me, like that's been here for a while. I don't know how long it's been here. I'm like, I'm taking it. I anyway. would love to. I, no regrets. I would love to get you guys to just try some. Like I have stuff that I have no business still sitting on. <laughs> I have product that I didn't order, still oh, wow. in the shop. Oh my. Like uh, there is stuff that's just been languishing in there. I found a case of some Japanese beer that the brewery doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I have no. This sounds idea. like a great idea for a theme. Yeah, I was gonna say. I shouldn't say this stuff live. Thing. Rick is gonna think I'm like bad mouthing the shop. Like I'm no. It's just there's weird stuff <laughs> that sat around forever. I think Rick only listened to the episode before the one he was on, but I'm not sure All about right, that. Well, well, Rick, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> hey, hi, Rick. We. uh I think I have some multi-year-old Taurus Bulba floating around. I don't know. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to, maybe, maybe I'll start doing that as a segment. I'm just going to pass some of this off to you, Captain <laughs> Porter. And, uh, and, and you guys can be like, this is a 2013 vintage. Um, I love that idea. Greek a lager or something. Like a, <laughs> I like that idea a whole lot better than the idea of just doing a macro show that you guys keep bringing up. No, we I really got my Bud Light line. Brian, they keep, they, 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 they keep saying we need to have a show where we just drink macro beers. Shotgun I'm like, Saturday. I think that would be about a 15 Shotgun minute show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go ham. Brian, yeah, yeah, only if we shotgun them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. But now, Beer Wonder, I, I think you you had a few other. We we talked about the uh, Beer and Cheese Collective Pride Celebration. I think you had oh, a few other notes about, uh, about about about. Yeah. Well, there's been. I mean, there's a lot going on, and you know, if you if you think about oftentimes the way that the queer community exists, uh, craft beer doesn't really tend to sit in the wheelhouse of what people expect. Uh, beer blasts, as they're known, are often like bud. But uh, I did want to give a quick shout out to an event that has unfortunately recently passed, which was, of course, Hop Culture and New Belgium, who held the Queer Beer Festival. I believe this was their first live one, because I know they did a virtual one last year. Uh, It was in Washington, D.C., and it included um, all sorts of great breweries that we know, you know, sort of celebrating, you know, pride, but also sharing some of the beers that they do to support uh, the community. Uh, And there was a uh, big focus specifically this year, of course, on trans individuals and making sure that they're well protected. But a couple of our favorites, uh, at least from the New York City area, were there. Notably, I followed along with our buddy, Mr. Ruthless. If you follow him on Instagram, his name is actually Orlando right. from Single Cut, who was actually there pouring Single Cut's beers as a part of it. And our buddies from Other Half were there as well, as well as a ton of other ones. And so it was kind of cool to see like craft beer, which I don't think is super always associated with the queer community, um, kind of getting uh, getting its due a little bit more, which is kind of great. 
Nice. Is there uh, is there a lot of uh, pride celebration? I, last week, I feel like the last time we had John Huck, you talked about how uh, you're having a little bit of a culture shock being there in yeah. Fresno. That it's not exactly the same kind of political climate that you had living on the Upper West Side <laughs> not, of Manhattan. Not quite. So, uh, so I'm I'm a little curious. Uh, if uh, Fresno, what what they do for pride? Well, ca- California is uh, obviously a left leaning state, one of the one of the uh, the classic ones, and uh, but it's a big place, and so there are large sections of California that are conservative, and I happen to live in one of them. The city of Fresno is actually does lean Democratic, but the surrounding area is a farmland. There's a lot of and my particular area here in the north is is has is sucked into a Republican district. So there is a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, 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 evangelical Christians here. There's a large Mormon presence. There's a lot of Christianity coming at us, and you know uh, that is often uh, uh, met with. Uh, 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 they they often do not uh, they don't like the uh, the uh, uh, gay and lesbian community for some reason, and uh, you know uh, the uh, the uh, but the pride parade here has been going on since 1991, and it's actually uh, because well, we are in fairly close proximity to San Francisco, which is one of the uh, you know the the first revolutionary places of uh, of uh, uh, gay pride, and uh, you know it, with New York being sort of number one, San Francisco uh, second. And uh, here in Fresno, uh, they have had this Pride Parade since 1991. uh, I think I believe it's the 32nd annual Pride Parade this year. Of course, the past couple of years, they weren't able to have it because of the um, pandemic. Uh, Although (laughs) being in Fresno, (laughs) I haven't, you know, since I moved here, I don't know how you guys are wearing masks in uh, in New York. This is still happening. I haven't worn a mask uh, except when I went to like a like a, a clinic. Uh, a, a, a uh, an urgent care clinic. That's the only time I've worn a mask being out here. So it's not uh, it's not really enforced very much here in Fresno. It's a, it's a different. Well, despite wor- what one might think, it's a yeah. different world. I was gonna say, but despite what one might think from watching the Tony Awards, uh, I actually went to my first Broadway play in two years last weekend, and uh, yeah, broad like if you go to the theater, everyone's masked. It's a rule. Yeah, uh, and some of them are even still requiring proof of vaccination. Um, but in a lot of other places, I, I'll see like half and half. I mean, it's still required yeah. on the subway. Grocery stores are generally not enforcing it. Yeah. Uh, but I still see a lot of people, including myself, wearing it in the grocery store. I mean, here it's basically medical facilities. Mm. That's pretty much it. Uh, and to, you know, to be fair, there we don't have a lot of cases here. Uh, but, you know, we could. Uh, and, and, of course, we did uh, when the pandemic was at its height. Uh, but the Fresno Pride Parade is is uh, they had an interesting origin when they started in '91. They uh, uh, they were actually protested uh, by the Ku Klux Klan specifically, and the Klan went into the streets, and uh, this is the very first Pride Parade. And when they went into the streets, this is an area here called the, the Tower District, which is sort of the cool area in town, and uh, they were. The, the, the clan was waiting for the for these uh, marchers and one kid 18 year old uh, man went up and uh, went to slug oh no he he pulled the hood off one of the one of the clan members so then it got sort of got into uh, a, a little bit of uh, you know could have been a confrontation except that uh, the uh, dykes on bikes the hmm. uh, l- lesbian motorcycle club that was uh, in town 
uh, got off. They put their kickstands down and got off their bikes. And immediately the clan backed up and went back to the sidewalk. They were like, okay, uh, sorry, ladies. And so uh, they came again the next year. And uh, uh, and the third year of the parade, they decided they're bringing weapons, right? So they um, the, the clan members were, but luckily the police had been tipped off to this. And uh, what they did was they waited for the, uh, the lady uh, motorcycle club to go by first and then they made their move. But luckily the police knew about it and uh, uh, shut it down immediately. No weapons were pulled and the clan never came back, but there was a, it was a, for a while they, they fought against it. And after that, um, a lot of the resistance was done more in a uh, uh, bureaucratic way. And they, they would put, uh, restrictions on it. So you have to get a permission from everyone that lives on this block to, to have your parade. And they realized, Oh, they're not doing this with any other parade and actually sued the city. And uh, so it went through a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, work to, uh, to have the pride parade every year and, and God love them. And great uh, uh, way to stick to it because you know, that is really something when, when the powers that be fight against you, and say, oh, yeah, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's easy to give up. And the people here did not and kept it going. And now today it's sponsored by uh, uh, several uh, government officials and a lot of businesses around here. So it's a, it's a very strong part of the community now. Obviously a real struggle to get there. Uh, and obviously there's still uh, resistance and still work to be done, but... You know, uh, it's it's great to see uh, more acceptance, um, even though, you know, there's still this uh, resistance. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a, an interesting history for sure. Excellent. Um, well, that shut everything down. Th- oh yes. Well, no, <laughs> no, it, no it, I, I, it, it was an important history I, to tell. But like, uh, I mean, you know, it 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 is a it is a downer and an upper all at once. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like it, the, it tells us why pride is still important even hey, in this day yeah, and talking age. Talking the pale so. male, or right. don't hold back. Okay. Exactly. Don't sugarcoat it. No, you don't. You don't. You let it. You let us have it. You let us have it, Huck. <laughs> it, it, you give us all the feelings. You, you, clearly, all, always. All the clearly you picked the right time to move there because you wouldn't want to have been there in the 90s when all that was going on. Ooh. But uh, good that everyone paved that trail back then. Yeah. And they were going to do a... Uh, uh, blazed that trail. I, I said paved. Blazed. I meant blazed. Uh, they <laughs> were going to do a... I think a, that's the expression. Uh, they do a theme every year with the parade. And this year they were going to do a revival theme of Phoenix Rising Parade uh, because uh, uh, from the pandemic, you know, they had to t- not do it mm-hmm. for two years. But under, unfortunately, one of their founders died uh, uh, this past year. So it was actually became a, a dedication to him and uh, and uh, the work that he did. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, it was a, a really nice tribute. They had it at the beginning of the month. Uh, June fourth, I think, was the, was the parade. So, uh, we, you know, beer vengers, we're catching up. We're 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 within the month. We are. We're there. We're there. Oh, we are. This is yeah. This is going out in the world uh, with a third of the month still left. That so, reminds me that go. we and we talked about it. Last we still week. haven't. Uh, I don't know how much we've worked on this, but we need to give uh, uh, Mr. Lefevre a, a beer venger name at some point here. Oh yes, we do. Have we, we been do. thinking All about right. it? I've, oh boy! Oh no, Ryan! <laughs> Forget the silence. Oh boy, Ryan's just, just ter- well. Vague silence. 
Well, so so for me, there we don't have anybody who is representing Pilsners specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like this could be a place where you would fill a need in the beer vendor sphere to truly mm-hmm. step up and be the representative of the Pilsner. I mean, we have this hop situation covered by Hop Head Hug. Captain Porter Brown Stout took basically three styles. All the styles. You know? Yeah. But I would I couldn't pick one. But we but don't they all, they all good we again. don't really have a representative for Pilsners. We have the Saison Kid, we've got OBK, we have bitters, the Logger Lass. You know, so, the logger last, but we, we, so I'm curious is it, d- does being the defender of the Pilsner feel like a good spot for you? Heck yeah. That just, that'd just be definitive for me. That would be a fantastic position to be in. Okay. I think you just said it. The defender so, of the Pilsner. Pilsner, Pilsner defender. Pilsner, I go with that. Pilsner, Pilsner. The Pilsner, Pilsner defender. Pilsner. Pilsner um, roll off um, the tongue, but uh, no, it doesn't quite. We need a, an, a P. Papa Pilsner. Uh, no. Papa Pilsner. <laughs> Pils. I am Pilsner the opposite Pro. of that. The Pilsner Panther. Professor Pilsner. <laughs> Professor, Professor Pilsner. Pilsner. Uh, Not bad. Professor Pilsner. Uh, I like f- Professor because he has so much knowledge. Yeah. That's true. I, I, I'm, I'm good with that one. I like that. Wow. Who said that? Jump beer on Wonder? That, that was the Beer Wonder, yeah. I, I, I this is my Pilsner second is naming, one. I believe. I gotta say, Huck, I'm coming for your gig. Okay, I'm coming for your gig. I got OBK and Professor Pilsner. Oh boy, Huck, you've been away too long. I'm glad to have you back. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, That's Professor good. Pils. I mean, right. if, and uh, the the double P. If we want, uh, 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 it's perfect. Excellent. I accept. Excellent. Uh, well, All right. Professor Pilsner, this is an important duty. You now have to save the world from bad Pilsners. Do you accept this solemn responsibility? I I, I accept this this duty that has been uh, thrust upon my, no doubt, deeply fragile shoulders. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like they say, some some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust thrust upon them. them. By a mildly drunk beer wonder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I think there it's we I think it's a great name, and I think it is is uh, uh, we could also be, just be the professor, and we could call him uh, Prof P, and you know we got lots of lots yeah. of angles yeah. we could take. Lots of ways this. to vary. I and like you it. have educated us quite a bit today, so I do appreciate mm-hmm. that, Professor. Thank you so much. Yeah, for being here I with think us. it has the style, but also also it, it it fits you very well. Well, thank you very much. It really does. Good job, uh, Beer Wonder. Excellent. My hat is off to you, Professor Pilsner, Prof P. And thank you for keeping the Beer Avengers beer cast in good beer throughout our almost over a year of misadventures. Um, it has always been a pleasure to drink your curations, uh, and I always look forward yes. to seeing what new uh, goodies you have in store for us. So thank you for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and I look forward yeah. to more in the future. For sure. I, I did want to follow up on a few things that we talked about on the last episode, oh, uh, and, and also about, some uh, feedback we've gotten. For... No, uh, well, what, what, what were you think I was talking about? I was going to say the word huckups, but yeah, you go ahead, please. Yeah, they're not they're not exactly huckups, although some of them are, are uh, clarifications, so to speak. Uh, clarific? I don't know. Anyway, uh, no. First of all, I just wanted to thank uh, one of our listeners, AJ, uh, reached out to us talking about how much they were enjoying listening to the show and uh, and and enjoys listening to the beer ventures while gardening. So thank you, AJ. We're glad you're listening, uh, or maybe watching because it seems like AJ's preferred way. Well, we we don't actually have the video component, but it seems like AJ's 
preferred way of listening to the Beer Avengers is on YouTube. Okay. Uh, so maybe at some point or another, we'll try and get you a bit of a more of a video component there, AJ. Also, last week, uh, I mentioned that we'd had talks on the show before. Mm-hmm. Ryan actually gave us a talks before. But we didn't actually. The funny thing is, like when Ryan first started giving us the sponsorship package, it was mostly the the was was just to so we'd mention them on the show, and then we we made, we came up with the sponsored pour. So there are a lot of beers. I try and mention all of them at some point or another, even if we don't have them on the show. But Ryan gave us a Tox beer before, and that was why I associated last week was the first uh, that Inky Cap was the first time we've had Tox on the show. Okay, we did drink uh, also that wanted beer. to we talk- did enjoy it. The we s'mores. did. We enjoyed it together. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had it at uh, yes at, at one of your gatherings uh, at your previous undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. Also, we talked a lot last week about uh, we still don't know how, quite know how this pronounces the brumate or the brumat or your 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 thing you use to keep we your beer cold. We haven't heard from them. No, no. And the funny thing, about, we haven't heard from them, but I did look some of their stuff up. One of the things that they do is they have a uh, back tap, and that is a backpack that also doubles as a beer tap. Um, now, also, I, I mentioned my discomfort with the word koozie um, as far as something to describe those things. And Brumat actually has their own special name for them. They call it a hopsolator. Oh, that's a perfect name. I yeah, can get into I, that. I agree. I've tried it a couple Although if times you buy it on Amazon, Amazon still calls it a koozie. <laughs> and they, they keep the beer cool. It really does. It really keeps it cool. Um. Another couple quick things I mentioned. We mentioned last week we were going to the uh, the ninth anniversary birthday party of Big Alice. I went to that last week. Had a wonderful time. Had some uh, uh, Nashville hot chicken on a biscuit from Dale View. Which beer wonder we have to go there, yeah, taste yeah, their beer yeah. at some point or another. Definitely out there in Brooklyn. Biscuits. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, and I brought home a, a specific, really interesting one there. It was called Rule of Honor, which is a a barrel aged sour barrel aged dark sour so that went right in the captain's cellar so hopefully we'll be having that at some point or another and also i mentioned on last week's uh the last episode we had about how i was going to see a show at the soho playhouse somehow i had forgotten until i got there that it's right across the street from torch and crown so i had a wonderful time just had an impromptu visit at torch and crown and came home with their wonderful uh actually i had one there and then i brought a four pack home of their wonderful baltic porter called Sound dues. Yes, yes. Which yes. actually is named after what the ships that were taking the, the 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 British ships that would take Baltic Porter to the Baltic region, they had to pay sound dues as part of their tariffs to transport that beer. Um so that's that's my weekend beer. I know we're uh we're 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 getting close to the end. But did any anyone else have any other uh, weekend beer or additional pride notes? All right. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps everything up. We definitely have to have the Professor Pilsner back again very soon. uh, Dropping more knowledge for us. And uh, it's been a wonderful guest. Thank you for joining us. And thank you so much for having me. And as the captain is fond of saying, but we do mean it sincerely, come back anytime. Yeah. And bring beer. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I definitely do that. That's easy. We know he's going to bring the beer. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> brings the beer almost every week yeah um all right well well thanks everyone for listening thank you so much for being here ryan thanks for for being back again huck and uh, i see you clutching your uke so i guess that means it's time for you to play us out thanks everyone we'll see you next time with a beer 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 avengers beer 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 
Beer Avengers, beer, 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 beer Avengers. We're the Avengers. <laughs>